0: We're seeing EVs more every day. Good to know there's one that can still make people say, you don't see that every day. Because it's the only EV that's an F-150. The all electric F-150 Lightning. Hey, this is Dan Scott from Grand Slam Ministries and the Dan Scott Show podcast, and you are listening to the world-famous podcast, Talking About Radio with John Leslie. You're about to hear one of the most fascinating podcasts available on the internet today. Listen in now as host John Leslie and his dynamic guests are talking about radio. Thank you very much, John Morgan. John, in addition to spending full time introducing this program, he is also the host of his own podcast called grasshopper notes. And if you would like to uh, be inspired, all you have to do is find grasshopper notes at wh- wherever you get your podcast and you'll find John's podcast there. We have a very, um, interesting program today. That's not to say that the other ones aren't interesting. It just seems like the proper thing to say. I've never said we're going to have an uninteresting program, uh, but yep. uh, our guest is uh, with mm-hmm. us from uh, uh, suburban Portland, Oregon, Lake Oswego, uh, Oregon. His name is Bill St. James, and I welcome you to our program, Bill.
1: Thank you, John.
0: Yes. Have we, nice to be here. Have we, lost <laughs> our, have we lost our connection? No, I'm here. Oh, okay, good. No, I'm here. All right, well, there are John, couple of, couple of, a couple of things I want to ask you about that are not radio-related. One of them is I have always okay. I've always been curious how a family gets a name of Saint something I I you know, what what is the nationality I I worked with Perry Saint John in Des Moines Iowa oh and uh, and I've run across various other Saint you know names uh, and there's no Saint Leslie I don't think uh, there's a Saint John but. I, So how how, what what is the what what is the family heritage of a saint? Well, in your case, James.
1: Well, it's uh, it's not um, it's I wasn't born with this last name. I see. I wasn't, Um, but I I I always I started out attributing it to and to the Monopoly game, Saint James Place. I see. And uh, and then about the time that I actually got into radio. I, I heard uh, Pat Saint John, who was then on, uh, CKLW in Windsor, Detroit. Yeah. Right. He's he went on on to New York City after that, but um, he was in he was in Detroit at the time, and uh, I'm at that. Point, I, I felt like I, I feel like uh, that. Oh, Saint John, that's I felt like I was blessed with that possibility of that. Uh, somebody here here's actually somebody making a living who's using that kind of that you know that kind of a name
0: it, and it's a good name really
1: uh, all there is to it. It, yeah.
0: it it flows it's it's musical it uh it's easy to remember uh you know it's not like everybody else's uh, like a chuck taylor or you know na- name all of those radio names you know, the guys so many guys have told me about how they go to work at a radio station and they they're using their own name but they have to change it because there's already jingles in the house for somebody else with a different Right, name, right. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I remember stations like uh there was a station in Buffalo where I did a lot of my growing up. Uh WNIA okay. was licensed to Chequawaga uh and they had uh, they had like five names in their jingle package. <laughs> yeah. And no matter who they, no matter who came through there, they had to take one of those names, <laughs> Jerry, G, Jerry G. And I don't know. I can't even remember what they were then.
0: But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. I, I had, when I, I was offered a job at WFBL in Syracuse years and years ago, and ah, I ultimately cool. took it and, and, uh, but I, I hadn't given them, Jim Ashbury was the program director and I had not given them my answer yet, whether I was going to take the job. And Jim was down in Dallas at Jam Productions and they were, they were producing our new jingle package because this was one of those cleaning house situations where everybody was going and the whole new staff was being brought in. And so,
1: and they, but, and they had to budget for a new whole new jingle package. That's yeah. That's yeah. impressive.
0: And so, uh, and they were going to do jock jingles, not just shouts, but full, uh-huh. you know, full sings. And so right, he's on the phone with me from jam and, and Jim says to me, well, what's your answer? And I said, all right, Jim, I'll accept the job. And he turned around and said, okay, do it. <laughs> they, <laughs> they were in the studio <laughs> waiting to sing my That's jingle. A great. did you get to hear it did you get to hear him singing no no i didn't but obviously we used it on the air and it was just super i mean jam always cranks out just the best and and uh i want to get jonathan wolfert on our program uh he's an upstate new york guy uh which leads me into the next little thing which is kind of radio like but not so radio like you're a graduate of suny geneseo Oh no! I
1: wasn't a graduate. I was a. I was a student. Student. Okay. I. I did one. I did one semester, and I said, "Well, I'm just wasting my time here. I know what I want to do, uh-huh. and I, I've been a, a, around long enough. <clears throat> and I worked with a few people at at the radio station at Geneseo um, who w- work had commercial jobs, and I became convinced quickly that the way you get into commercial radio is to get into commercial radio. Yeah. Right. And you don't, I mean, there, there is no, no kind of uh degree that's going to get you a job. And basically what, how I got my first job was I went to the radio station that uh, my friend worked at in Geneva. WGVA. And I just sat in the general manager's office, WGBA. And I yeah. just sat in his office, Ken Dodd. I just sat in his office until he hired me.
0: Was Dave Mitchell there then?
1: Dave Mitchell was there. Yes. He was doing, was he, I think he was doing mornings at the time. Yeah. Dave Mitchell, boy, I haven't, yeah, I haven't thought of him in a long time. One of the reasons I I,
0: I mentioned SUNY Geneseo is because there are kind of a couple of, uh, friendly coincidences here. My daughter is president of SUNY Adirondack, which is just down the road from SUNY Geneseo. And As I speak to you in uh, Lake Oswego, uh, Oregon, my daughter, Chris, is in Oregon today on some kind of a conference in Portland. So she is like, you know, five miles from where you are.
1: (laughs) Well, that's great. That's
0: cool. So, Uh, you know,
1: what was and.
0: Go ahead. No, well, no. You, were you going to talk about Dave Mitchell? I worked with Dave. I was
1: going to say uh, the only the other person that I can think of that that uh, could put uh, Geneseo on his um, resume was uh, Casey Petrowski. Do you know that guy? Casey you know Petrowski.
0: no, good Polish guy. With an Irish person, yeah, uh,
1: and and he and he actually used that name on the air. <laughs> he right? was a well. We were uh, uh, in that era. We were all a lot of us were uh, WKBW fans. Sure, um, because they they were legendary at the time. And Casey's big goal in life was to work at KB, mm-hmm. and uh, and he did. He went from Geneseo to KB. Did he really? And later wrote a uh, he wrote one of the he wrote one of the episodes for WKRP in Cincinnati. He got a credit for that.
0: He, he actually wrote the the script for it. Yeah. Oh, how great is that? I mean, he owns that, that, that memory, you know, not everybody does. Yeah. Well, there was, um, no own. Oh, that's right. Well, during that time periods and well, I, I guess maybe a little later, a few years later, uh, uh, W Clint Buhlman was on, um, Oh, Clint Buhlman is one the first radio name I remember from my
1: childhood. Yeah, he was a when he I listened to him. He was at WBen, but he yeah. was but he was in Buffalo before that. I yeah, think, wasn't
0: he? Right, and he retired uh, at, from WBen, and uh, I was approached by a headhunter, uh, and they, they I was working in Syracuse at the time, and they asked me if I would be interested in auditioning for the position to replace Clint Buhlman. And I said, "Wow, well, thank you. That's big time. Yeah, but I said, thank you, but no thanks. I said, I'll tell you what, you hire somebody else. And after he fails, then call me. I don't Why want, did you do that? I don't yeah. want to be the guy following Clint Buellman. Oh, you thought, you thought it would be too
1: hard? Oh, too sure, hard sure. Pe- people would say that's not, yeah, okay. he's not
0: Clint, regardless of how good he is. He's not Clint Buhlman, you know. And so whoever, well, we're, whoever we're, got we're in there was going to gonna be there like six months. You well,
1: know? <laughs> that's pretty, were you working or were you working at the time? I was. Oh, yes. you were in
0: Syracuse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they didn't well, call so me back. That would, <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that recording, that's quite a, that's pretty, uh, that, that's some foresight for you. I mean, you can go from Syracuse to Buffalo and, and you turn it down. That's um, pretty far sighted thinking i would say
0: well that's not the only time i did it uh, i also did it when dick summers left wbz uh a headhunter called wow. me and said uh, dick summers is, i think he was going to providence or you know somewhere down further south and they said you know what would you think about going to wbz and the same thing i said you know I, I i don't want to try to fill his shoes uh if that was uh,
1: a great station back then too
0: everybody listened to wbz I,
1: Oh sure, yeah. I
0: will bet you remember the frequency. I don't. I never. I've never actually been
1: to Boston in my life, but um, I, I but they were legendary for sure.
0: Yeah, all of the Westinghouse station frequency dial positions were all clustered around ten ten. Uh, KDKA ah. was ten twenty. WBZ was ten ten, and no, ten ten was Wins. I'm sorry, they were ten thirty. WBZ was ten thirty. And uh, so they somehow they were you know big enough. Westinghouse was a big enough deal to capture all of those frequencies right there in the hot spot of the dial. But so I was at uh, I was a, Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I I wanted to get I want to hear what you started. I'm. I was going to say 1020 was
1: my was my frequency it was. That was the story of uh, that was an interesting that was KBCQ. I was 1020. In uh, Roswell, and um, we were a five tower array, mm-hmm. fifty thousand watts, five tower array. And when I went there, we were protecting KDKA.
0: <laughs> Is that right? Yeah.
1: To the east, right? Uh-huh. And so we had everything from um, f- uh, from the you know straight line west.
0: Yeah, they could um, hear you in Hawaii. There
1: was, there was no KDKA. They could, we were the first station you'd hear coming in from, from the Pacific. <laughs> and we also covered every, every East West, um, interstate. Um, uh, but then we, we ha- then, then we made a deal because I think was it store who bought KTNQ in Los Angeles and they wanted ten twenty for, for their market. Yeah. And so we had to change our array and, and I think, I'm not sure if we were still 50 K after that and I can't remember.
0: But I, yeah. I I doubt that you lost but, your transmitters. I, I you probably had to just re reconfigure the the array and, and shoot it down into the Gulf of Mexico or uh, somewhere down.
1: Probably yeah maybe something yeah.
0: But that was a big jump. ahead. But I though.
1: remember. I mean I I was uh, I remember sitting. I mean I sat fifty feet from that fifty thousand watt transmitter, <laughs> um, and I got testicular cancer did you really and that's how that's when i yeah plus the and the you know and the five five uh towers were right out the back door
0: well isn't that something i we had a get when i was doing mornings at wgy in uh in albany we had a guy across the street from the station who claimed that our studio transmitter link was was burning his brain you know and we just uh thought he was you know just a crank but the poor guy died of brain cancer and uh yeah we under often wondered you know what yeah, yeah i
1: think there i, I think there is something about rf that we don't totally know I, I mean i think we're still we're now it's even worse with you know everybody got wi-fi in their house I think that all these uh, all these signals that we can't see are traveling around doing stuff. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing.
0: Well, you uh, you left uh, upstate New York and uh, found yourself in Indiana.
1: Yes. Let's see. How did it? Oh, well, that was a matter of, yeah. Well, how that happened was um, I was at WFLR in Dundee and that was, which was my first full-time job. And, it was a situation where somebody had <clears throat> had left the uh, job, had left the station because they got drafted and went to Vietnam or whatever. It was that era.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, he he came back and they and that was at a time. I don't know. The, I don't think it was. I don't know. If, don't know if it was a law, but it was a it was a custom at the time. Give somebody their job back if they. If they had so anyway, I I got replaced by a guy who was coming back from the military, and um, uh, I asked the program director. I said, "Do you know? Can you? Is there anybody you know that you could call that would hire me, a, a, or that that you could talk to and and give me some kind of recommendation?" And he told, and he called. He said there was Scott. What was Scott's last name? I can't remember. Scott something. At WBMP in Elwood, Indiana. That's how I got into Indiana.
0: And so and Scott apparently liked you. And, and what 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 day part did uh, did you get into?
1: Oh, uh, let's see. I was uh, WBMP was like an MOR. Um, there was uh I, I was doing afternoons, I think, at
0: WBMP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that was an FM station
1: correct right fm standalone
0: oh really that was unusual yeah. for that time that was 71 70 71 uh so it was very kind of unusual right. usually it's a standalone am yeah right
1: well right and it, it was bef- it was right before um fm well it's right before they started putting fm in cars as as a regular thing mm-hmm. and um And FM's were, you remember, FM's were considered to be just garbage. Yep. You just, you know, you got, you had the light, you had the, you had the stick and well, okay, good. We'll just, we'll just stick some, you know, some elevator music on it or something. (laughs) And we will not even think about it. And, um, and that's kind of what BMP was, was kind of, was sort of elevator music. Was a disc jockey.
0: Oh, that's what a teenager or young guy really wants to do. Play elevator music. Well, yeah.
1: Well <laughs> I'm find finding every possible way to work in a Beach Boys record or something.
0: <laughs> well, you hung around Indiana a couple of years, uh, Evansville and uh Peru, Indiana, one of the meccas of uh, North America. <laughs> right.
1: Uh yeah, so- that was a that was a part-time job while I was in the Air Force.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, the Peru deal. Yeah. Well, you actually did spend, you, you were uh, on armed forces radio too. Tell us about that.
1: Um, Let's see. Well, it wasn't, yeah, it was actually, what happened was I was in the air force. I got in the air force um, in 71 and um, uh, originally, and, and I, the reason why I was, I chose the air force was because the recruiter at the time's, when they could do this, they could say whatever the hell they wanted to anybody mm-hmm. about what, you know, where the, what kind of job they were going to get. And I said, well, I've had, you know, a couple of years in radio. I'd like to stay in radio. He said, oh, no, we got you experience. Got that, yeah. No problem. We'll yeah, be, right. to, yeah, you'll be right in. And they, did, <laughs> and they didn't. They put me right into um, uh, uh, maintenance analysis for KC-135 tankers. Um, and I was stationed at Grissom Air Force Base in uh indiana which, which just and i saw so i i at that point i said okay well how do i cross train how do i get out of this job and get back into radio and it so happens that uh, i've I discovered the secret and if you um well first i went go you go through the uh, public uh affairs people on your base mm-hmm. and um it so happened that the uh, the the place that the uh school where the training for all AFRTS uh, people was in Indianapolis i was like 50 miles away from Indianapolis i just went down to Indianapolis and auditioned mm-hmm. and they said well sure yeah. and and they and they took me in and so I that's how i i cross trained and then i was stationed my first station out of um, uh, AF uh, out of uh, Dinfoss is Defense Information, the Defense Information uh, something school. and I was Goose Bay, Labrador. That's how I got. And so I was basically I was assigned to the TV station, which um, uh, America. It was a uh, Goose Bay was um, a joint Canadian. American base mm-hmm. and, um, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, parts of the, the, uh, agreement for, for this being, uh, being a joint base was that we manned, we were the American air force guys were the, were the, were the guy, people working at the TV station. And the radio station was kind of an afterthought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I so I didn't do I mean, the, what I did on the radio in goose bay was was just throwaway. It was just like um, nobody really cared. It was all pretty much all your time was spent doing uh, TV uh, tech. Um, oh, yeah, and occasionally on i mean, I would do news on the air on on TV that's that's what the goose bay thing was
0: i see now were you still in the air force when you went to back to buffalo and w w o l
1: no that's right when i got out when i got out of that walked out of the air force and i and i went to buffalo because my sister lived there and i was going to stay with her for a while
0: and i got i got hired into a, a WWOL. i o l i'm not familiar with that station i have uh there are a lot of stations in Buffalo. We used to own one there. W Y R K. It was a country station. Very what, successful. What era? 70, uh, 80s into the nineties and maybe even okay. beyond. Uh, so it was, it was well past this time. Uh, uh, I worked for stoner broadcasting system long enough that I got involved in ownership and, uh, not, not so much that they cared about what I thought. Um, but I, you know, on paper I was a part owner and they would, you know, they like to wave that around, you know, that you're a part owner. So you've got, you know, you should uh, be really, uh, careful, you know, and, and, uh, embrace the company. And, uh, so, well I did because it was in uh, very lucrative. You know? well, that's yeah.
1: That's a good strategy. I, 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 our ownership in the, in the, in the, business is always good i think
0: yeah yeah
1: at least there's a, something to hold up in front of your face and go well you own this place
0: yeah and it's kind of fun saying hey i owned a radio station or we owned a radio station. it sounds like more like my wife and i did you know i i i don't bother to throw yeah. in there that i was just a, a pretty substantial stockholder in the company but uh but you, you went up to a lot of places. I, you know, I got to say, we're talking to Bill St. James. He's out in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, I, you, over the years, as, as the years ticked off, 73, 74, 75, you found yourself, uh, in, in lots of different places.
1: Yes, I did. And then, there's a story for every one of them, probably, if you really want to. And, well, if, maybe not all probably, of them, but
0: uh, <laughs> the interesting <no>. ones.
1: <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, you do you, you, you take it. You do, you look. You, you got my history there. You can you can yeah. go down the list and. Well, you, you see got, what you, you think. Want, it's, it's kind
0: of a jump from, uh, uh, the, uh, from Buffalo, New York, the snow capital of the world to uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, the green grass. uh, And well, and
1: that, again, that was the same, that was the same deal as um, when I went from Dundee to Elwood, uh, Indiana. Uh, I was doing weekends. I was doing fill-in and WOL and, and I needed a full-time job. And, and once again, I went to the program director and said, do you, is there anybody, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the country that if you call him up and said, this, this, here's a good guy. Uh, and he said, yeah, Jim Orton at WVJS in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I went there to do mornings. Hmm. I was high. I mean, uh, it turned out later that I found out that I wasn't hired over the phone. I, I thought I was, but uh, with, from their point of view, I was coming for an audition and, oh, and, um, <laughs> either they gave me the job because they thought I did great or they were felt sorry for me. <laughs> I don't we're know embarrassed which, one, which one it was, <laughs> but ashamed. that, but that's how I got into Kentucky. Yeah.
0: I've never worked in Kentucky. We had clients when, uh, my, when John Morgan, who is the, the guy that introduces our program here, they, uh, he and I ran a business for about 18 years and we had, we had lots of, uh, clients all around radio clients all around kentucky but insofar as working there i never was on the air there some of my syndicated programs may may have been on some of the kentucky stations but then from there you you migrated to uh uh, wyoming uh before you went back to new york and then (laughs)
1: why yeah the wyoming story is an interesting story um if you look up those i did i i when i was going making that list up for you i uh I, you can't find them They're call letters K and I E anywhere. They um I don't even know if anybody ever picked them up. Um, but the re- the way I got from uh Owensboro to Cheyenne was uh I had a, a friend that I had been with in um uh the Air Force. We we're stationed in Goose Bay together. We and we wrote songs together and and we did a, actually did a radio show together. I mean I I put him on the radio with me to do a, a, a weekly, um, like, uh, just a, sort of a progressive rock, uh, hour or two, uh, to two hours of mm-hmm. you know, we'd focus on one year or some kind of thing like that anyway. But the, our main, our main connection was that we wrote songs together and we, we had, uh, had a pretty good chemistry for that. And he found out, he when he left Goose Bay he went to uh he got he was stationed in Cheyenne and he found out he heard that uh there was a new station coming on the air and they were looking for people and and uh he I applied and then I got hired um and, and was and that was basically in order to, to you know to further our artistic connection I see and, um it was a weird, it, that was a very weird deal. The KNIE thing. It, the, the, it was a station that was owned for some reason by a, a guy in Pennsylvania. And he hired he hired this guy named, well, I probably shouldn't say his name because I'm going to say bad things about him. But he hired <laughs> this guy to uh, to uh, run the radio station. and uh, and, he, and that guy was the guy that hired me. And it turned out later he was like embezzling from the company and all kinds of stuff and that kind of that kind of and he, I we left I left King and I because he fired the whole air staff on one day and then he came back to me and said well I'd like to have you stay <laughs> and I and I said uh, probably not and that's why you see the next deal on my uh, my list there is unknown because I can't remember the call letters. But I went to work for a country station in Cheyenne for a short time um, in, in, you know, just to have a job.
0: Was that your first exposure to country music? I,
1: no, doubling WOL was a country station in okay. Buffalo. All right. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I Let mean, look at the rest of the list here. Uh, but yes. So, yeah, doubling w- And that was just, and Buff- the Buffalo thing is just a weekend part-time deal. Um, so yes, that was, uh, that would have been, but still, I mean, I was only there for a short time, but then and, you you found yourself uh, back, back up, in,
0: back up in upstate New York, Fort Drum, you were up in Watertown, New York. Uh, that's the, uh, snow capital. Watertown. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ron Plattsburgh and on, but,
1: um, the, yeah, I don't know if you, at that there was a W O T T had a short history as being pretty happening um, mm-hmm. at the at in that era. It was a very short thing. It was uh, the uh, the PD was uh, boy. I can't remember his. I I can remember his name a lot most of the time, but I can't remember it right now. Yeah. Um. Ain't but I, it, yes. but one of the things. As you have, you listened to the KBCQ uh, profile tape. You, you, you could probably get an idea of, of my facility at putting together uh, uh, audition tapes. <clears throat> I was, uh, I was great at it, I, and I put together an audition tape. This, I sent it off to Watertown, and this guy thought he was getting Wolfman Jack, <laughs> and I did. I did, I did nights for about, uh, for a few months in in Watertown and he said, well, you're not a Wolfman, Jack. And, and, uh, that was the end of that.
0: <laughs> My, uh, the guy that, that I, that I just mentioned, John Morgan, uh, who, who does the uh, introduction for our podcast, uh, been a long, a longtime time friend of mine. Uh, he too worked in Watertown. And, uh, he, ah. t- he tells the story and I, and I wish I could remember the call letters, but I, I don't think they were the same. And it would have been some, some years, maybe not a lot of years, but a few years b- before you were there. But, um, uh, they, they called him in a uh, salary review, I guess, after a very short period of time. And they said, Oh, we, 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 re- I wish John was telling the story because he tells it so well. Uh, the owner was a guy from Alexandria Bay. Or he was the guy who was running the station, or, or something. Uh, but anyhow, this guy was from Alex Bay, and uh, so they called John in and said, "John, you know you're you're really doing a good job. Uh, we're we're pleased with the work you're doing, and we are prepared to pay you five dollars a week more." Whoa! And and John thought about it for a <laughs> second, and he said to the guy, "I'll tell you what. Why don't you take that five dollars and put it in the." Announcer's retirement fund, <laughs> and his job ended. <laughs> I can imagine his job <laughs> in Watertown ended uh, right about that time. <laughs> well, I I want to um, I want to talk just briefly about Davenport, Iowa. I worked at KSO in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, my wife, ah. my hmm. wife and I and our family loved uh, Iowa. Uh, we loved uh, Des Moines. We had a great station. Uh, I was doing the mornings there, and we just had some really stellar numbers. So that always makes it better. Uh, so I want to hear about Davenport. We're going to take a break, and then I want to talk about Roswell, where you got some uh, some great uh, uh, acclaim there. And so we want to talk about that. But what about Davenport, KWNT? You were a DJ and, and did production. There. So that's one thing I can't do yeah. well. <clears throat> Ah well um KWN T
1: was the my I had at that time uh my family was kind of centered in Davenport. <clears throat> my my dad was even though he wasn't in <clears throat> in radio, he he uh he was sort of a he traveled a lot. I mean he took jobs he you know when I when I was he would when I was born he was in La Crosse, Wisconsin. We moved to Buffalo. We moved to uh, Hannibal, Missouri, Topeka, Kansas. Um, and, and so he was in Cincinnati, and he was um he he was kind of he took jobs everywhere. And at this point, though, he kind of settled down into Davenport, and then he was in Davenport for several years. And at the time when I left uh, Watertown, I went down to Florida because i it looked like I was going to get a job at Fort Myers with a friend of mine that didn't happen. And so I had, I have pull, had to attach my uh, U-Haul back to my 1959 (laughs) Plymouth and pull it back up to Davenport for a place, just a place to stay. And our neighbor, one of our neighbors, he lived in a cul-de-sac in Davenport. My, my dad and my stepmother lived in a cul-de-sac and one of the, houses like a couple houses away was the general manager of kwnt oh wow and that's how i got that job and i that's a country station that was a country station also at that time and i did afternoons at kwnt for a short time and um and and yeah and 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 they love my production people love my production so i i was that's why i made um uh, a lot of this stuff in the, especially later in my career, I was a result of being pretty good at production.
0: Um,
1: But I wasn't at, uh,
0: uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, 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 I don't, uh, that's one thing I could, I, I, I can voice stuff. You know, I never made a career out of doing voice work. I had my share of it. Uh, I've had some pretty big accounts, but in so far as having the skill to set down, sit down in the production room and come up with this piece that that attracts everybody's attention, I just could never do that. I remember in, when I was in Kansas City at the station there, I was the program director at the time and the morning show host, which is a terrible combination. Uh, we we oh, had we had no. To, yeah no you don't don't want that no but we had You're to change our I mean, mornings
1: or PD one or the other you can't do both <laughs> that's
0: right. Well we had to change our uh contest line uh number. Uh the phone company they were making some kind of a big change and so they said to us hey you know we've got to reclaim that number for use elsewhere or or that exchange is being changed or something. So you've got it we've got to give you a new contest line uh, uh number. And I thought oh huh. man this is the That's end of the world, big, yeah. you know. God yes. this is And so I went to our production director and uh, Jim Bryant, Bill Bryant. And I said, do a piece for me, come up with a piece for me announcing the change. And he, he made this brilliant 60 second promo with dial tones and touch tones. And with, with our new number being touched out and the right kind of music. And it was just fantastic. And I thought, I could never have thought that up. <laughs> you know? well, so I, my, I, I, my hat is was, off to you guys.
1: That was, yeah, that was something I was good at. I could do that. I can always do that.
0: We've had Jeff Lawrence. I don't know whether you know Jeff or not. Uh, he was an upstate New York guy and he, he is the number one uh, voice around the country. He's on hundreds of radio stations and uh, TV stations all over the place and he does he was production guy uh, all through upstate New York, in uh, Binghamton, Endicott, up into Syracuse and Geneva, and now he sits Binghamton, in his yeah. sits in his uh, his home up on the mountains in North Carolina with a studio and does production every day, all day, you know, and then and, and that's kind of cool. I well, love it. All right, I'm going to take a break here yeah. if you don't mind, Bill. I've got a I've got a uh, about a sixty second break in our conversation. And then when we come back, we'll talk more about production and we'll talk about the highlights of your time in Roswell, New Mexico. So stand by. For the early risers and those who love surprises. For the recliners and the fine diners. For the let's try something newers and the love staring at the viewers. For the self-explorers and the tellers moreers. For the movers and shakers and the memory makers. For the reassurance that we're with you every step of the way, book your luxury European river cruise today at rivieratravel.co.uk.
1: Whether we agree or agree to disagree, everybody's got an opinion and I'm about to give you mine. So sit back, relax, buckle up and try not to get offended.
0: This Canadian thinks is a political and news commentary opinion editorial podcast with a focus on matters of concern to Canadians. Available now on all major podcast providers, Rumble, YouTube, or direct at thiscanadianthinks.com.
1: This is Andrew from Asian Pop Music on Tiger FM from Australia,
0: Tasmania, and you're listening to the world-famous podcast talking about radio with John Leslie. And our guest today on this episode is Bill St. James. He is with us from... uh, Oregon from suburban uh Portland, uh, Lake Oswego, another upstate New York name, so you kind of uh surround yourself with the Oh yeah, New Yorkesque right. stuff, huh?
1: Uh what? not on purpose, but it just <laughs> turns out this is an I, I live in a lovely place. It's so I'm, I'm pretty I'm well enough removed from downtown Portland that uh, I don't I don't have to I don't have to deal with what's going on there. How long have you been in that area? Uh, let's see. From, let see, since, mostly since about late 70s.
0: Late 70s. <clears throat>
1: when I came up here, yeah, I, um, I after the, after Roswell, I, uh, uh, let's see, I, I had, um, I, I, well, what I, you know, I got the award and uh, I, I got, um, uh, KEX, which was uh, then owned by Golden West, Yeah, the Gene Autry. um, was, was exactly right. That's right.
0: Bob Miller and, was a good um, friend of mine.
1: Oh, Bob's a great guy. Yeah. I don't know him well, but yeah, he was great radio talent for sure. Yeah. Well, I owned the market. Um, uh, well, at the time at the time I'm talking about, that was Barney Keep. Uh, he was the morning guy on KEX, and he was a legend here in Portland. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I, uh, w- as part of the uh, submission to Billboard for the uh, uh, Station of the Year thing in '76, I wrote a two-page um, programming philosophy that. Uh, was a part of I, you didn't see that I didn't I I was thinking about digging that out and trying to get it to you today but I uh, have not done it. Well, we All got right, we got to
0: we got to tell our uh, audience that you're you're talking now about your time at KBCQ in Roswell, New Mexico, and, right. and during your time there, you correct. were named the uh, program director of the year by um, uh, Billboard, was it? Uh, Billboard, correct? Magazine? Yeah, right. Billboard magazine. And it was part- yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I
1: did a like a 15 minute profile of the station, and I also submitted a uh, program and philosophy. And that, uh, uh Bill Gavin pr- reprinted that philosophy on a back page of the Gavin Report. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, and that, uh, caught the attention of the people at Golden West. Well, I, um, when I well actually when i I saw that and I saw the thing in the it was in Gavin, I saw that KEX was uh, going to acquire an FM and um and I already knew see, this this friend that I that told you about that I moved from uh, 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 Owensboro to Cheyenne to be around again. He was in Portland, and so i, I when I saw that <laughs> that Golden West was acquiring an FM in Portland i submitted a uh love well, that i sent the that that philosophy and uh, and uh, I, I think i probably sent the, the k b c q thing to him and um uh, well anyway i got i got hired at k, for k q f m when they re- acquired it um in uh, early seventy eight um and where was i going with that um
0: I can't help you with that.
1: I can't remember. I can't remember what.
0: But I'm, I want to yeah. go. I want to go back to Roswell for just a second. And uh, you know what? Everybody okay. in the United States, if not the whole world, uh, you know, as soon as Roswell, New Mexico, is mentioned, what they think about?
1: Uh, sure, not, they do. But you know <laughs> what? The, the interesting thing is, there were at the time I was there, there was none of that. It was, I didn't, I didn't even know about any of that history until after I left. Really? (laughs) You know, really, seriously. I mean, there was no, there was no talk about, you know, UFOs, you know, crashing or any of that stuff. That became a cottage industry after I left.
0: Yeah, now they got flying Um, saucer burgers and. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 exactly right. They turned, I mean. Well, Roswell doesn't have a whole hell of a lot go on them for itself other than that. So, um, they, uh, I'm sure obviously they jumped on it, but I, and that was pre me. And, 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 uh, it was Roswell was just a, but it was, it was weird. It was like this, uh, station in the Southeast corner of New Mexico uh, about you know, 50, 60 miles from uh, the Texas border. And it was owned by Robert O. Anderson, who is the chairman of the board of Atlantic Richfield. And he lived in Roswell. And he just he bought this station. The call letters at the time were KSWS. And he bought this station as just as, a, I think it was a, for a tax write-off, for, for, but it was a local station to him and it was not, you know, was not significant at all. And uh, the he he bought it, as I say, I think uh, I, I I I met them later because because I got, you know, the award and they, you know, they wanted to acknowledge that they knew me. Um, but it was like I say, I think it was just a tax write off initially. And. um uh, it was a 50,000 50, watts in the middle of North. Do you remember the movie Vanishing Point? Or is uh, it vaguely? Yeah. There's a black disc jockey sitting in the, sitting in a desert and like somewhere in Arizona or New Mexico or something talking to, well, the story was about uh, a guy who was tra- traveling for, and there was a race from Kansas City to Los Angeles, something like that. Whoever was going to get there first and listen to this radio station the whole time, (laughs) and it was like that's what it was exactly like. It's like in the middle of nowhere with nothing going on, and um, we were talking to the world. And not only were they, you know, uh, not doing anything really in the market, but but they also, I mean, they had fifty thousand watts. And like I say, when I went there, they were only protecting KDKA. So they had everything. And and I was like, why are you, why is there no regional, at least regional? I mean, if not national, why not regional sales here? And what, what is going on? And, and they were just like oblivious. They were like, (laughs) Oh, we don't really care. And, um, and, and then I was the person who came up with the idea at the time. I'm, I'm sure you remember this at that time in history, KCBQ was the was a the big gun out of san Diego,
0: sure, and yeah. when
1: i went to when i went to the to, to the station which was like i say it was k s w s at the time there was we had no record service and so in what i and i found and i realized that i needed to report to either r and r or gavin or um uh billboard in order to get service and i got you know, as I say, I got, got Gavin uh, on board and um, and the reason I chose the call letters was because I wanted people both in the trades and in like uh, la- the labels to go, wait a minute, is that KBCQ or KCBQ? What is that? I wanted them to wonder. I wanted them to, you know, shut, you know sort of have a light bulb go, mm-hmm. go off in their head. That's so that was the whole reason why they I chose those call winners, and we got them.
0: Well, that doesn't happen every day.
1: Can I answer a question for you? <laughs> uh,
0: no, <laughs> no, I don't believe you did. Uh, but I, am curious yeah, about, we, uh uh, now the, the, you, you went to the, 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 uh, golden was it's golden West broadcasting. They had what KQFM right? in, in Portland uh-huh. and you were involved well, that's in, in production what, yeah, right. there.
1: Well, I was, I was hired as the program administrator. Ah. I was the, the program director for KEX was Eric Norberg and he was, became a good friend of mine. And the, uh, and the general manager at KEX was Dick Kale, a wonderful guy, great, great radio people. And, um, <clears throat> I, uh, impressed them enough because they were, they, they were on the same kind of deal. KEX was station of the year and, uh, and so they had the same kind of connections that I did with, uh, billboard and, uh, and they, you know, I remember, I don't know, I'm i probably, yeah. Well, anyway, it was great. Uh, it was, it was a great, uh, relationship and golden West at that time was a, was a wonderful company. And yeah. met Gene Autry at, at some, one, one of the, uh, LA get togethers that they had for golden West. It was, it was great. It was a lovely time.
0: I met him in Kansas city. Uh, he was good friends with Danny K and Danny K, Danny K owned the station that I was working at KCKN doing mornings and being program director, which was, as I said, a terrible combination, but one day Danny K came into the station and who waltzed in there with him was uh, Gene Autry. And, uh uh-huh. and they trundled down the hallway and, and came into the studio, <laughs> you know, they told us ahead of time, now don't bother these guys. You know, they, they're big celebrities and they don't want to be bothered. And so I'm in there doing my thing. And all of a sudden there's Danny Kaye and Gene Autry in the studio with me. And, and they said, uh, <laughs> can, you know, do you, do you mind if we, uh, guest on your program? And I said, well, let me think a minute. And, uh, oh, <laughs> And so they, they sat down, and it was really cool. Danny Kaye was such a great guy. And Gene Autry didn't say much. He just kind of looked around. Uh, no,
1: but, yeah, and he was like 90. No,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, he would, Yeah, he was pretty old.
0: Yeah, and he did not look like he did when he was uh, doing his TV uh, <laughs>
1: program. It's, yeah, no, right. No, no, he, he uh, put on some weight, and he was, yeah, moving a little slow
0: yeah <laughs> well this is, we're, we're gonna have to uh, uh dole out our time here a little bit i i've never i've never talked to anybody who's ever worked in vancouver as uh, so i thought vancouver was in british columbia but apparently there's a vancouver in washington oh, that, state no
1: no, no no there's that's vancouver is a, is a is a suburb of portland oh it is that's just across the uh, just across the columbia river from us
0: Oh, I see. So you were still in the, in the Portland uh, TSA. Yeah. KVAN. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, uh, K yeah, K I uh, N uh, uh, K F M was, uh, uh, um, uh, that was a pretty powerful station uh, at one time, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was a station to reckon with in the market. Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, yes. And right around actually it sort of coincided with me going there, though. I don't claim anything about that. We um, we were the sister station of uh, KGW AM, which was the big top 40 rocker in, in town at that time. And um, Kink was sort of the little sister down the hall. And uh, the, the the book after I got there was the was the flip and it was kind of the flip in the whole business you remember the flip from am to fm yes all all of a sudden you couldn't play music on am anymore and it was fm became the music uh, band and 79 uh, 79, yeah that was exactly
0: when i was at kckn in kansas city Playing country
1: on Rodrigo. FM, right. And prior to that, it was like, "Oh, FM, all oh, that so oh, Isn't that cute?" But, but <laughs> yeah. within a year, well, you know, i I attribute it a lot to uh, well, it's the FM and cars was big, but FM and cars was also stimulated by Jim Gabbert. You remember Jim Gabbard? I do. K 10 K one o one in San Francisco. He started. He was the guy who started the association of FM broadcasters and, and he did a hell of a job of uh, marketing FM. And, and that's like when it flipped, in my opinion, I remember going to the pro to the the general manager at uh, KGW AM at that time. He'd he'd previously been the general manager at Kink and he got a, he got a, a promotion. And I w- was talking to him about do- about doing music on AM, and he was going, oh, we can't do that anymore. This was then. This He was going, oh, it's, uh, AM's dead for music. Can't
0: do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gabbard yeah. also owned KIKI yeah. in Honolulu. Correct, right. Uh-huh. Yep.
1: He was pretty influential. He was a big I, He was that exact. I'm i, I Absolutely. I don't think, I don't hear anybody talk about him anymore, but I think that he was, he had a lot to do with that association of FM broadcasters was a big thing. And I, and I, like I say, I think he was partly the influence to get, to, to get FM penetration
0: into cars. Well, we've got about, uh, Oh, maybe five minutes left in our, uh, our program, and we're going to have to kind of accelerate a little bit through here, but you stayed pretty much in the, in the okay. Portland market and uh, as a DJ, but also production director. And that, that is also kind of hard to do. You know, if you, if you were doing a full air shift and then getting off and having to uh, do all the, all the production or writing or whatever, all you did, that's a, a strenuous combination.
1: It's, it is. And it won't, it, it doesn't work. And that's why I- uh, I was doing uh, I was doing nights at kink, um and I was also i would they made me production director, but i I, I was pretty much like well a couple things happened. One thing what the first thing that happened was that uh, the guy who took over as program director of uh, kink uh, in seventy nine, which is, he became a g- really good friend of mine, bill minkler. um he. Uh, he didn't know what he was doing. He was he was a product of King Broadcasting, which was the 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 uh, uh company that owned Kink at NKGW at the time, but they also owned Krem in uh in uh Spokane, they owned King in Seattle, and um he came from that school, he came from that background, and he didn't really understand what kink was at the on the uh, I was on the air that uh, on the night when we went from a whole wall full of record albums that we could play anything from that we wanted to, to 300 uh, index cards. (laughs) And, um, so, and I, uh, I, well, the first thing I did was I, 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 I appealed to him. I said, listen to what I do and tell me that, it's better that's not as good as what you're you know because he was playing you know i had good vibrations by the beach boys coming up every 30 hours and um i said listen to what i do and 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 he did and he listened to what the way i put it together and said okay yeah you, you do what you want to do i'm going to make everybody else do the format but you do what you want to do huh. but i was also production director and he said and i said um um it was it was just felt like the walls were coming in on me and as far as playing the music that i wanted to play i said well just you know take me off the air make me off off-air production director and that's when that started that's when i became the real production director at kink the first time
0: so that would have been in the second uh, time third thir- yeah the second time there in the in the early 2000s oh, well not early but 2013
1: 2014 Mid-2000s, yeah right
0: okay as as we are uh, getting close to uh the end of our time here you you are involved and have been for a while um an online radio station uh, of your very own correct it's called uh really yes. really music radio that's what it's called yes what's that all about it's
1: yeah well that's me saying um you know all you people that told me that I shouldn't be able to play what I want to play on the radio. I, I, I can do it. And this is what, here's the proof. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to.
0: How long have you been doing that? I Well, to, since
1: about 2001 uh, with a hole uh, in there, when I went to, when I went back to kink to work full time, I, I felt like I didn't have the time to devote to my own radio station there for a little while, but i put it back on the air uh in the um, well about, the, about 2015 and uh, wh- what what and what happened was when i originally put the radio station on the air it was really musicradio.com um and but i gave it up when i when i took the station off the air the first time and it was um, i found out subsequently when i went put it back on the air that some Chinese company had grabbed the, the uh, uh-huh. URL and uh, turned it into a, some kind of a lottery looking. I don't know if you've ever looked at China, look at really music com and see what you get. It's like some uh, it's, it's really bizarre. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with radio. It's just, they grabbed, they just grabbed the URL. And, and so I, I'm not at the same URL anymore. It's, I've got a, my, my own production website, which was nextvoice.com. I've had that all the way through since the 90s. And I just really, Music Radio became a, uh, what do you call it? A subsidiary of Next Voice.
0: Is, is that uh, your, your uh, what did you say, nextvoice.com? Is that bringing you work? Do people find you and say, hey, yeah, this no, is what I
1: want? No, they, uh, it really hasn't. You know, it's... It, yeah i i i don't know i mean i haven't done a whole lot to try to market it i don't even know how to market uh this i mean i don't know i i have well you know maybe you've got some ideas but i don't know how to i've never known how to um even though i feel like i'm really good at production Uh, I'm finding people who want to spend money on production. (laughs) I mean, people will spend money on voices, but the, but, but the idea of being, I mean, because production is a, is an advertising agency function and, you know, people who are independently produced. I mean, so it's getting, do you get hooked up with advertising agencies? Well, I've tried that. But they, but their attitude is, well, we've got all the creative people in the house that we need. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're great at this.
0: <laughs> Mark, so they don't
1: need to talk to me.
0: Believe me, marketing is my middle but, name. <laughs> Everything I have ever touched. Oh, cool! I, I have been. Oh, I've got the Midas. Well, to touch. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's nice. Are you serious? I am, but but here's the here's you know the situation with that. Oh, is cool. That, no, I. I you know now that we've started doing this podcast, it it has become known literally all over the world. Well, you heard a guy from uh, New Zealand, I think, during our break, Uh, and and so it's known all over the world. And there there are there are currently forty seven million podcast episodes floating around out there on the internet, and this happens to be one of the successful ones. And so I'm getting not every day. But several times a week, I'm getting emails from people saying, "Hey, would you mind listening to my podcast and offering me advice on how to improve it?" And I'm thinking to myself, wow. "Wait a minute, this is an industry. You know, I, I, I don't have that's, time to sit right. down and, and st- I just what, got one today. You want to
1: hire me to be a consultant?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, I just got one today. That's Great, man." <laughs> Maybe. Well, so
1: maybe you can help me out i, I could i can i i can i mean that's one of the i mean i saw your i saw you in you know, i think on the uh facebook deal isn't that where we isn't where i i think that's what i it, it, yes you, isn't that where you publish this well that's one part. place or, not, i mean that's
0: one not just one, one place i saw it not not just one place uh i i use facebook uh uh i i'll bet uh, i i will post this on 15 sites uh or more uh on facebook and wow. and i will touch that's great every uh, uh I'll, i will touch every uh full, um, point of humanity uh, by the time i'm done because people who are interested in podcasts want to know about podcasts people who are interested in radio want to know about radio and um you know, sometimes I get kicked off because, you know, it doesn't apply, but I keep trying. And, uh, but anyhow, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, you know? And, and, uh, at the moment, I'm not probably, I, I don't want to start another industry where I'm doing, uh, uh, consulting work for podcasters because they don't have any money. Uh, right. You know, they're lucky they can buy a microphone and, uh, You know, they're asking questions like, you know, what end of the microphone should I talk into? Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, that's,
1: yeah, I always, yeah, just, I mean, one of the things that's not on my radio history list is I had a short stint at National Broadcasting School, which is, uh, which was a scam that was designed to make people, you know, any Joe Blow think that, all you have to do is, you know, turn on a microphone and you're yeah. a star. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's, uh, and, you know, I mean, so no, I don't want uh, to, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, the, you know, you, you put in, I mean, you, you've got to start out with some basic skills, perhaps yeah. and a lot of interest, but you've got to apply yourself. You've got to do stuff. You've got to, you know, you've got to work. And yeah, that, um,
0: that's it. You got to work. Uh, I'm working as hard right yeah. now as I did when I was on the air. Uh, you know, you talk about this at broadcast school. It reminds me when I was a kid on the back of uh, uh, comic books, they would have a thing, you know, draw, right. draw this face. And you could, you could yeah. get a scholarship to uh, uh, the famous art school, you know, and then you you'd draw a stick man and send it in and they'd respond you know all like oh, they
1: say, oh, 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 oh <laughs> yeah. un untapped talent here <laughs> this right. send this sin is $499 and we'll you know
0: <laughs> yeah well bill we're well i we're know, out of time gotcha yeah yeah we're out of time and okay. uh i'm sure we're going to stay in touch and uh it's been very interesting. I, I, you know, a lot of the people that, that appear on these episodes, I, i I know or have run across at one time or another. And, but I'll tell you what, I've made about 70 or 80 new friends and, uh, um uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And we've had some of the heaviest hitters in the industry on the air with us, John Landecker and Alan Walden and, uh, Ooh. uh you know, just, uh, just a whole litany of great, great people who have now become good friends of mine. And it, we have kind of a fraternity um of of uh people who have been on this program so i'm sure that we will stay in touch and bill st james i, I want to thank you very much for initiating um this conversation you were the one who contacted me and suggested that that maybe right. you might fit in here and i and i see that you have done so perfectly so thank you very very much for being with us
1: I appreciate the time to let me blather. I that there's not that many people that I get to talk to in my real regular life that really care very much about, um, uh,
0: playing the format. (laughs) Well, I I think about 99% of the people who have been on this, uh, program with me have said it was fun and that's what I strive for. And, and I, I always have fun.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely was.
0: You've been listening to Talking About Radio with John Leslie, a podcast that features conversation with the greatest broadcast professionals everywhere. If you'd like to be a guest on Talking About Radio and share your favorite radio stories, just send an email to talkingaboutradio at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening.